Hello and welcome to the Stepping Up, Become Who You Are Meant to Be podcast. I am your host, Nikki Gingrich, and today we have a very special episode. Today is my first interview, podcast interview, and I have a dear friend of mine, Erin Miller from Erin Joyce Photography, and we just had the greatest time talking. We get excited anytime we can get together and talk. We could talk for hours, but we are saving you some time and we had to cut our, we cut our conversation short so that you could get as many nuggets of inspiration and hope out of this as you could. We talk all about being in alignment and listening to your intuition when it comes to your work and your career. We talk about creativity and being creative as an adult and how that opens you up to all of the wonderful things that can come into your life. And then we also talk about our limiting beliefs and the things that hold us back from making those big decisions in our lives and how we can bust through those limiting beliefs to get to where we want to be. So I'm excited to share this conversation with you and I hope you get as many little inspirational nuggets out of it as I did. Thank you so much for joining us. Hi, Erin. How are you? Good. How are you? Good. I'm so excited to have you here today and to talk to you about all things life and alignment. And thanks for having me. Yeah. So why don't we get started real quickly and you just share your story, your history with us. All right. I feel like that's it. It's like a can of worms. I know, right? (laughs) How far back do you want me to go? (laughs) Well, I'm Erin of Erin Joyce Photography. Would it make sense to go back to like when I started college and how my routine or like my, my journey into my career and then how it changed? Does that make sense to start yeah. back? Yeah. 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 Start back there. Okay. That'd be perfect. So I, well, I think like it really starts, our career journey starts very, very young. And I don't think I mean, I could go on to a whole tangent on how I don't feel like schools prepare children enough to like fully understand their skills and their talents and what careers would be good for them. And I, I feel, and I went into doing career days and stuff like that, which I'll get into. But I think for me, I always knew that I was very good with people. I was a peacemaker. And I was also very intrigued. I think like the big thing is I was always super intrigued with, um, personal dynamics and relationships. And even more so, I was very intrigued by how people perceive the world differently. Like they can be in the same spot at the same time and see the world in a completely different way. And that always as a little girl really fascinated me. And the, where I really, where that fascination came from was going through a divorce, not me because I was too young, (laughs) but my parents. And I have um, two biological brothers and a stepbrother. And I always found it very fascinating that my brothers and I went through the divorce and perceived it differently. And to this day, we're, you know, in our thirties, we um, still deal with it very differently. So that was really the the big point for me and in my career path. And um, through high school, really focused on um, sociology, psychology, things like that. And then when I went to my undergrad, um, I chose to get my bachelor's degree in psychology and communications was my, one of my minors. I was a double, I, I used to be fluent in Spanish, <laughs> not a mass. Used to be. <laughs> <laughs> um, and it just made sense to me. And I felt like it was a valuable major to have and a degree to have, because no matter what you went into, I just, I felt like it would fit into kind of like any type of job. And there are so many jobs that you can get with a psychology degree. Um, and it's like, when is it not valuable to understand people, you know? 
So when I graduated, I very quickly understood that there's like, there is a cap with a bachelor's degree, especially a bachelor's degree in psychology. They're like, here's your $28,000. Good luck with life. You will live with your parents for the rest of it, you know? (laughs) And, um, so I knew that I had to go to school for my master's degree and I just didn't know what I wanted it in. It was like, it was daunting. It's like, man, you know, school's hard. It takes a lot of money. It takes a lot of time. And, um, you really like when you hit your early twenties, you're ready to grow up, you know, you're like ready to go on with life. So it's like, man, I got to go back to school. So I decided to apply to a few master's programs in um, local universities so that I could continue to work at my, I was a case manager for um, people with developmental disabilities, which I love. Um, And I got into a program for counseling. And this is my favorite story about going into into grad school. I know you've heard it, it. but I, on the application. So when you apply for counseling, there are different areas of counseling. There's family, there's marriage, there's drug and alcohol, there's community, there's, um, higher education. Like there, there there's so many different areas that, and you have to have a concentration. So while you get your degree, many of the early classes are all the same. Once you get into the later years of your program, they're concentrated in those specific areas. So I checked off every box on my application. Because <laughs> I was like, I want, I like them all. I'll do it all, whatever. And the director of the program during the interview was like, uh, like face palm. He's like, what? He's like, you can only pick one. I was like, oh, Okay. He's like, unless you want to be here for 15 years, like you gotta only pick one. I'm like, all right, well, and it was literally kind of like this eeny, meeny, miny, mouth. And I guess like part of it was intuition because I chose school counseling because I've always loved being in schools, like through case management and all of my work prior, I would be in schools a lot for like IEPs and, and things like that. And I just always enjoyed being in a school atmosphere. I love the atmosphere of learning and knowledge and education. So I chose that route. It's a three and a half year degree, went through internships and all of that. And then leaving the program, I immediately was offered two positions in the same school district, which was wild and unheard of. And I followed my intuition and picked the school that no one expected, the school I did not intern in. (laughs) So it, it wasn't um, super well received. It was really difficult and felt scary, but I just knew something was gravitating me towards that school. And I loved it. My first year was, was amazing. It was this feeling of like, it literally can't get better than this. And that scared me because I was like, this is my first year in my career (laughs) and there's nowhere to go but down. (laughs) Um, and what made it great is, was the staff, my principal, um, the secretary of the school. So the secretary principal and I, um, basically in any school, there are a trifecta of people and they hold the school and their relationship is going to trickle down into the rest of the school. And we just adored each other. And, um, so that was, oh my gosh, I think those seven or eight years ago. And to this day, like I'm actually have an email I have to reply to because we're trying to get together for dinner with the two of them. So it was just this beautiful relationship and it was awesome. And the, um, that, so that was my first year and the second year, um, I went into the school year, very newly pregnant, very excited. And everyone was excited for me. And mid year, the rug was ripped out from underneath us. And there was a lot of administration changes and a lot of juggling and, you know, 
So glad I'm not in that position having to do that. But there was a lot of like, there was, there was just so many changes that weren't, weren't well received by many people at all. And it was very difficult for me. I lost my principal, um, didn't really have one. I had many that kind of rotated in and out and it, it created a working atmosphere that was a level of stress that I refused to accept. I, I was so, you know, at this point I was very pregnant and going home crying, just crying. I'd be like eating dinner and would have to stop because I was crying so hard. And I remember near the end of my, I was due in March and I remember near the end of my pregnancy begging um, my OB to write me a letter to excuse me from work early because I was like, I can't just like, please tell me that this amount of stress is bad for my baby. And they're like, actually it's kind of not. And I'm like, it has to be, it's bad for me. Like, how can this not be bad for my baby? And, um, I think I ended up able to leave a week early, earlier than planned. My, my leave date was like the day of my due date. And I was able to leave a week early, which is good because she came five days early. So I had like two, I had a weekend to prepare, not realizing it. That's how that goes. I know. I love, and isn't that cool? Like, I mean, just the synchronicity of that, that I would have ended up like going into labor at my job an hour yeah. and a half away from the hospital and like all that fun stuff. So during my maternity leave, now to, to rewind a little bit. I have always been a creative also. My mother is an artist. She's a calligrapher, watercolorist. And um, I always thought, I think that every child is creative, but I was like exceptionally creative. Like I was always coloring, always drawing, singing, writing songs, um, painting. I mean, just everything. And as I got older, and I think this is natural too, I kind of like fell off the creativity wagon because now it's like all business. You got to get a job and go to college, you know? And, um, but with that, I always kept a very strong interest in photography. I had, um, film photography classes in high school cause I am that old and, uh, and always wanted like a really nice SLR camera and, um, just never got one cause they're expensive. And then through college, like things were switching over to digital. So, um, and I wanted to spend money on booze, not film. <laughs> Let's be honest. Priorities are very important. <laughs> I didn't have much to spend. <laughs> so, um, fast forward, my husband got me, uh, a DSLR the summer before I, be, or I guess the summer I became pregnant. And, um, I took some classes and learned the digital camera. Cause I did, I never had learned that. Um, and just like rolled with it. I just loved it. It was such an amazing creative outlet. It was so fun to finally have time to foster creativity again. Now that I wasn't jam packed with classes and driving and internships and all of that stuff. So I really enjoyed that through that summer and remembered, um, I actually had my camera on hand every day at school, um, the year I was pregnant because I was doing a project 365, which is when you take a picture a day. And, um, I continued that after my daughter was born cause she was, she was born in March. And, um, while I was brand new pregnant with her, I, I went to a nursing, a mother's like support group for nurse nursing mamas. And that's where I met you. <laughs> and through the women I met there and the new moms, they knew that I took pictures for fun. Like I wasn't fantastic. I just knew how to use a camera and I had a lot of mamas asked me to take pictures of their kids, their babies. So 
from there, I realized um, these people want to give me money to take pictures and I can't accept it legally. <laughs> so I'm going to have to register a business. Yeah. So I registered a business and there was no, um, I really had no plan. My, I was, I was truly present in that time of my life. I was so happy to wake up every day and to nurse my baby and, um, see my friends and enjoy my house and enjoy my pictures and to have my time off work. And then June rolled around and I had to go back and I was really, really hopeful. I only had to go back for two weeks before the summer break. And I was really, really hopeful that things would have changed, that the climate would have changed uh, in that three months. And it didn't. Um, I, I personally felt like it was worse. And I remember sitting there for two weeks trying to think of how to leave my job. It was this feeling of, I can't do this. It, I mean, it was more than like a little knowing or like a little voice. It was like, I will die if I am forced to yeah. stay here and I can't do it. And I was scared to, people were like, well, then you have to resign. And by people, just my like couple of close coworkers. Yeah. They're like, if you can't be here, then you're going to have to resign. I'm like, but that's scary to me. Like I worked eight years for this position. If it can go back to how it was my first year, I'll stay. <laughs> you know, like I was, I felt like I was bargaining and like trying to figure out a way to stay on the path of least resistant, yeah. you know? And long, long and short of it is that I, I, I talked to my union um, leader and told her like, I can't be here next school year. And, um, like either I need to quit right this moment or I need it like an extended leave. And she's like, don't quit. <laughs> I'll, I'll find a way to make you stay. Just don't quit. Don't quit. And within two hours, they approved another year leave. So I was like, awesome. I get a year to be home take more pictures, yeah. do my thing. And, uh, and she looked at me and she's like, just don't get pregnant. And that really ticked me off. Mm. So I got pregnant. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, okay. Oh, darn. <laughs> okay. I will get, so, um, you know, there's a lot of details in there, but my, um, my photography business very naturally continued to grow. Uh, I had my son in October, 18 months after my daughter was born um, and the summer before he was born, I received an email because um, I was supposed to go back to work that August. Yeah. I received an email from my union leader that said uh, I was on vacation with my family in the Outer Banks, enjoying ourselves. And I get this email that says, if you're going to resign, we need your letter by 4 p.m. And it was like noon. And it was just this moment of, um, I can be replaced. And I'm not meant to be there. And um, man, sending that resignation letter was like the most freeing and most terrifying thing I've ever done in my life. Because I knew the second I, I resigned, I'd never go back to counseling. And that was scary. You know, counseling and you just become irrelevant. You're no longer 26 coming out of grad school and you're not as desirable if you take even a few years off to be a mom, yeah. <laughs> you know? So, um, you know, that's, that's what led me into becoming a photographer. And there's a lot more story after that. So I don't, I mean, you tell me how much. <laughs> well, talk to me. So what I love about it is I think our stories are very, 
very parallel in that we both kind of went back and I probably went back about a month before you did and was just in that same notion of, I can't do this. I can't, like, I can't do this anymore. I'm not Mm -hmm. going to, to live in this moment anymore. Like I'm, Mm -hmm. I'm upset. I'm crying. Like things are not good. And how, talk to me a little bit about, um, like intuition and just knowing that it was the right decision, but even kind of being just scared to do it because how many people have those feelings and then just go, I think I just have to live it. Like, Oh, this is just something I'm going to have to deal with. Yeah. Um, So yeah. Talk to me a little bit about that. I think, you know, I think this is such an interesting conversation because it's not black and white. And, and I think for listeners, what needs to be understood is that it's not black and white. So we're not going to sit here and have a conversation of, um, you're going to see the color red and that is your intuition. And that is your sign that you need to go. You know what I mean? It's just, it's not, it's just not concrete and in front of your face. And it takes, um, a lot of self-awareness and, mistakes or not listening to really hear it. And I'm a firm believer that like the more you ignore it and not even purposely ignore it, but the more you don't hear it, the louder it's going to get. And, um, I think that's the big sign is that things continue to feel worse. You continue to feel worse. And I'm also like, I have this theory that I've really, that's been brewing for me that I feel like when you don't listen to your intuition, like I just said, and how it gets louder, I think that it begins to manifest in physical issues. Yeah. I really, really firmly believe that because I went through that and, um, understanding, um, energy and chakras and stuff like that. It just makes sense. So I think for me, like in, in my story and my frame of reference, I, um, I had this, I, I truly had this physical feel. So I went from a three month, you know, 12, actually 11 week. Well, yeah, 12 week, but 11 weeks with my baby yeah. maternity leave where I, I felt such peace and happiness and joy and gratitude. Like every day I was just so excited to have the day. Yeah. It was just amazing. It was just this awesome feeling. And, um, now I understand I was just completely aligned, you know? And then I was, I was, thrown back into this toxic environment. And when I talk about that, like it's not judgment. It's not, I mean, they're just people and not everyone there's clashing. That's also an entirely different discussion, but I went from understanding that feeling of happiness and peace and joy and knowing how attainable it was. And um, my body was like, it was physically rejecting being in my school. And it was nothing about the school. It was just that I was supposed to be home yeah. and I was supposed to be behind a camera and I was supposed to be holding my child. Yeah. Um, and I think, you know, I, I don't believe not from my recollection. And if I did, it was nothing traumatic enough to remember. Like, I don't recall getting physically sick. I'm sure I was like nauseous because that's when I start to get upset about stuff. I just don't have an appetite. So I'm sure that happened. Um, physically crying a lot, like especially back then, I wasn't quick to cry. I am now, like I cry every day. And I think everyone should, because <laughs> it's a release of stuff you don't want to keep inside, you know. Um, crying, so crying like that is a big deal for me back then. That that's a huge sign, um, and I think there's just an intuition is like when you're driving to work 
and you're going, oh, oh my God, I have to. And then you pull into the parking lot and you're just sitting there like, oh my gosh. All right. And then I picture um, Ferris Bueller's day off, you know, Cameron (laughs) in the car. I'll go, I'll go, I'll go. (laughs) So I think I, there has to, something is pulling at you if you're feeling that way. And my big thing is you, life is so itty bitty, tiny, short, like this lifetime is so small. Why would you spend it like that? You know, you don't have to. And like stuff is scary, man. It is hard to make big decisions, but it doesn't just because it's hard and scary and, um, there's an unknowing and all of that does not mean that you should just settle for being miserable sitting there. So I think, I think that's what intuition is, is when, it's when you're out of alignment, your intuition's talking to you. And I don't know that I had this intuition that I was going to have this like big photography business. I think for me, it was more, I need to be with my child. I was so, I needed to be with my kids. I'm, I know that you talk about like not a stay at home mom, which I, Oh man, do I respect that? (laughs) Um, I needed to be home with my kids. I, um, I, I did like a little bit of daycare a couple years ago, like a day a week. And, um, my, I would have massive panic attacks every day, dropping them off because I just need to be with my kids. And now they're older and like, it's, we're gradually cutting, you know, the umbilical cords growing. (laughs) It's not being cut. (laughs) Not being cut. I won't cut it. Um, but yeah, there, I just, it, it it was just my, my whole life going back to intuition and what you're supposed to do with your life as a tiny little girl. And I think this is typical and it's, but it's not seen in every child that I have always been a mother. I've always had babies and I've always taken care of people even older than me. And, um, I, I only ever wanted to, I, I, I used to think about that a lot, actually, like as I've gone through this career stuff where it's like, what have I always wanted to be in my life. And the only answer is a mother. Like I would sit when I had my case management job, I would leave the office to go to the grocery store to like get a salad or something. And I would see these stay at home moms, like going grocery shopping during the day. And I would sit in my car and look at them and be like, I want to be that. Like that's, I had such a draw to that and wanting to be, um, I did not belong in an office nine to five. I didn't. Um, yeah. So that's something I knew I needed. And, uh, that's why my body was like, don't go into that school. You need to go back to your baby. <laughs> so I did. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I, I love that. And I love that you knew that about yourself just as much as I know. I'm like, I love being a mother, but right. Not, yes. You know, and I think that's knowing that there's no one way to do it right or correctly. You just have to do what's right for you. Right. Your family. Exactly. And I just think that's, it's just a beautiful, um, I don't want to use the word metaphor, but just a beautiful, how everybody's a little bit different, but it all works out as it's supposed to. Yeah. If you listen, yes, you know, otherwise it's going to hit you like a two by four and you're going to get knocked over the head and you know, it hurts (laughs) and it's going to hurt big time. Sometimes that's okay. Yeah. Sometimes getting hurt a little bit is okay. It's just, you're like, oh, all right, well, this needs to happen. You know? Yeah. Like, then you have you no choice. That email at noon and you would just submit that letter by four. Mm-hmm. Had that not happened, would you have maybe drudged over it longer yep. and longer Absolutely. or even attempted to go back and just see what happened? Yep. 
You know, absolutely would have. Yeah. I needed that slap in the face to say like now or never. And if I didn't have that, I, I think I would have ultimately come to that decision to leave. Um, but really I'm grateful that that email, I used to share that story like in a resentful way and almost paint the picture of like, how dare they send that email like that. And really I'm so grateful for it. Cause like you said, it was just, it's what I needed and they needed it too. They, they didn't like, who wants to have this up in the air and have a sub, a long-term sub. And the kids don't know if like Mrs. Miller is coming back or not. Like that's not fair, you know? Yeah. So yeah, I was very grateful for it. No. And I think that's beautiful because that's a lot of people will sit in that resentment and will leave that right. for, for years right. to come, but realizing that it was in the right way. So you, I'm, I'm torn on two questions. So give it to me. I know. <laughs> Let's talk about creativity. Let's yeah. talk about that that you had, you were that creative child and we lose our creativity yeah. and then we try to get it back. You know, sometimes we get it back. Sometimes we don't. So talk mm-hmm. to me a little bit about that. Oh, this is like my thing. Oh. This and, and, um, limiting beliefs are like my thing. Okay. <laughs> so with creativity, I feel like that is where intuition is fostered. Yeah. And it's interesting. I, I, um, Gosh, I don't know if I just read a quote with Brene. Oh, Brene Brown talks about how in play is when creativity is fostered. Yeah. And I believe that in creativity, intuition is fostered. So I, wow, I just got chills thinking about that. So if you're not sure what your intuition is saying, go sit on the floor and build blocks with your kid or like make a cool Lego thing. Just start to play and get creative and make the space. Because we are so busy and our schedules are so full that I don't, people are so anxious to hear what their intuition is telling them, but they're not, they're not picking up the phone. (laughs) You know, it's like the phone's ringing right there and you're you're just too busy to pick it up. And I think it's so important to create that space for it. And, um, I just don't think creativity is given the right platform and it's not fostered the right way. And there's no room for it. Like you reach a certain age and like, think about high school and when you're going through, and I know that every high school is different, but like, you weren't the cool kid if you went into pottery, No, you know, I I was a theater kid. I was not cool. Well, yeah. Yeah. And come on now. (laughs) It's really like the creative stuff is just not, it's not cool. There's that like photography was okay. That was, you know, but if you were like an art major, and went to art school, you're like considered kind of strange, mm-hmm. you know? And that's so important when you're a 16 year old kid, like you're not willing to sacrifice your social reputation to paint. Yes. <laughs> you know? So, but I really think that that's where everything lies. And I, I fully believe that picking up that camera the summer before I had my daughter is what connected me so closely with my intuition. And I wasn't as, you know, I didn't hit my personal growth and personal development yet. I've always been very self-aware though. Um, but I don't know, like it's only in hindsight that I realize how connected I was with my intuition, um, from picking the school to, that I wanted to go to. And, um, you know, I fully believe I was meant to go on the path of school counseling and, you know, I don't, people joke like, Oh, well that's a wasted degree. I'm like, Oh, you are a fool because it is not like I use it every day. Yeah. I use that degree and I use my experience and what I learned, um, in case, you know, like nothing's wasted. Um, 
I don't, I mean, I'm not even sure. I don't know what else to say. I just, I just want to keep saying over and over again, intuition is in creativity. So I think, and I think also creativity is also, there's, we picture maybe something like a little too much. I think we overcomplicate it. Like what I just said, get on the floor and build Legos with your kid. Yeah. You know, it doesn't mean like go buy canvases and put on your, what is his name? Bob Ross. Oh gosh. <laughs> you know, like you don't, you don't need to no. <laughs> get crazy, but just listen to music. I was, and that's another thing. Uh, this is a really great example. Um, I don't know if I shared it in a private group that I don't know if you've heard this or not. Okay. So it might be redundant for you, but someone, so I'm in a mastermind group and there's a question of, um, does anyone listen to music anymore? Cause there are so many awesome podcasts. I feel like I'm not up to date with current music. And every one of us is like, yeah, I hear you. Like all I do is listen to podcasts. And, um, and then there was another post about the playfulness with the Brene Brown quote that yeah. like, what do you do for fun? What do you do to play? And we're all like, I don't know. I just take myself so seriously yeah. anymore. And I think that comes with the territory of personal growth. Oh, I shared this in my same boat huddle group. That's right. Okay. Um, I realized that I am most playful and most creative and most in line with my intuition when I'm shooting a wedding. And I'm like, why is that? Because it's stressful, man. <laughs> There's a lot of pressure. <laughs> There's a tight timeline. It's not all roses and like skating through the day. What I realized is there's music on all day long. Yeah. From getting ready to the ceremony to cocktail hour to reception. So I'm relevant to music because I'm at weddings <laughs> all the time. I know all the dances. <laughs> but that's what I've realized that there's um, music is creativity and that you become playful. So it's just so funny. Like if you, if anybody came with me on a wedding, I think people are not surprised, but like they see a softer side of me and more playful and silly and goofy. And I dance and I'm just a goofball. And I, I think that comes like the direct source of that is the music. So that just brings me back to saying with creativity, you don't have to go nuts. Like just turn on some music once a day instead of listening to 1800 podcasts. I'm not saying don't listen to them because they're like, hi, we're, we're recording one right now. Please listen to us. <laughs> but to make the space to also play yeah, and be creative. And I love that. And I love the use of music. And because that's what I've been finding myself now that I'm home, that I just put music on in the background or yes. I need a break. Oh my God, the house is so silent. I'm not going to turn out like I'm not, my brain is not ready to take in information. So sorry, right. I cast like you're not happening, but I'll just yes. turn on music or I'll just whatever, put on Amazon music and just see what is ever new. And like, just I'm listening to it in the background. But right. the other day, yesterday I was in the car with the boys and uh, they get so mad when I sing and dance in the car. They're like, mommy, stop <laughs> singing and dancing. I'm like, uh-uh, mommy, uh-uh. I'm not singing and dancing. But then you feel the energy in that in the car they're laughing they're giggling you know they might be yelling at me because they're mad or yeah you know mommy yeah. turn this turn this song up i want this song louder yes, or i love I, that and just to find that joy in literally a song like yeah oh yeah and just to kind of let go and dance in your kitchen a little bit you know yeah dance with your husband and just be yes. and silly and inside jokes and yeah i love i mean you can completely joke. shift oh yeah the energy with a song you really can. It's amazing. I love it. So be creative. Yes. I love that. Yes. And as someone who 
I used to, I, I laugh, I say theater. I don't sing, I don't act, but I danced. So music for me was always a huge yeah. part of what I did. Yeah. And I think it's important for people to also understand like the left brain people out there who are, um, you know, numbers, accountants, you know, whatever, that there's still, everyone has creativity in them. So I feel like there's a certain type of person who's like, but I'm not creative, but you are. Everybody is. Some, some, it might be easier, but um, I knew a woman who was, she was very analytical and she loved analyzing things, but she was also, she could like hand design like invitations or wreaths or, but even that analytical side, like that's very creative, taking those and turning them into something that's, that's creative. And if somebody in this world needs to enjoy doing that because it needs to be done. Uh-huh. That's Stop not me. <laughs> I'm not doing it. Not me, but somebody needs. So in that notion of it doesn't have to be painting or color, it's something that you sit down and you actually enjoy doing. Right. You get to do it. You can do it for the next two to three hours and you don't even realize yeah. how long you've been doing it. Yeah. 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 So everybody's it. a little different. Yeah. So let's, Let's go into, not the last question, but kind of let's start closing up. But talk to me because you said, again, I'm toying between two things, but I think because you said it's something that really speaks to you and that you're big on is limiting beliefs. Mm -hmm. So talk to me about the nature of limiting beliefs, what that means to you and how we can really kind of overcome them or recognize them and then overcome them. Yeah. Oh my gosh. It's such a big a big thing. I, I think that as a society, we're really, um, trained. I don't know what word I want to use. We're just like, we're molded into functioning on limiting beliefs. You know, we're not, and not on purpose. This isn't like people are bad or it's malicious or anything like that. We just, we kind of function on the ego and you can't do that. Or, um, you know, so, so what are limiting beliefs? These are the thoughts we have in our heads that are basically putting us down or stopping us from taking action and oftentimes not allowing ourselves to listen to our intuition. So a limiting belief in my situation would have been like, you can't leave your job. You worked eight years for this position. What will people think of you? What are you going to do now? You're not going to have enough money to leave. Um, you know, people might judge you for being a stay-at-home mom. What will people think that you went from being a counselor to a photographer? That doesn't make sense. All of those thoughts are limiting beliefs because if I believe them, I'm not going to be leaving my job to become a photographer, you know? So I think, I think like a way to truly understand it. And I know we, we were talking about this a little bit in one of our groups that, um, journaling's like, I mean, <laughs> To say it's important is an understatement. And I've really understood journaling very differently in the past few years because I think as a, as a, I journaled my whole life, my whole life, but it's always been like, dear diary, <laughs> today it's rainy. And, you know, it just wasn't super productive. I think sometimes, you know, not all of it, but I think sometimes it just wasn't as productive as it should be. And what I've understood is that journaling um, needs to be messy. Uh, you need ugly writing that maybe you can't read. You, you might accidentally skip a page and, or like leave the left page blank a lot because it's easier to write on the right page. <laughs> like, of course. You know, <laughs> you know what I mean? I know what you mean. Yeah. <laughs> Not have like this perfection in the journaling. Like it's supposed to be messy. And I think that's where a lot of stuff comes up and that's where you're really going to see your limiting beliefs come out. 
And I think what's really cool about like brain dump journaling is that there's no filter. It's kind of like having a glass of wine or something. Yeah. <laughs> like the guard comes down and the stuff comes out. And it, there's, you know, scientifically it's been studied that pen to paper is where stuff happens. And there's a connection that happens um, with your brain and there's stuff that's going to come out there that wouldn't if you were just thinking about it or if you were just talking about it. Um, whatever it is. And I, so I think like the first step in trying to figure out your limiting beliefs is to write things down. Um, and I guess, you know, there's a variety. It just depends on where you are in your life. Like say you're in a position of you're feeling unsettled in your job and you don't know what that means. You don't know what you're supposed to be doing. I would say sit down and write, uh, Oh, it's just listening. I didn't finish it, but there's a podcast with Rachel Hollis and Jasmine Starr, who started as a wedding photographer. She's still a photographer, but amazing businesswoman. And, um, she, what I lost my train of thought with what she was. Um, I don't remember, but to, to, to be sure that you journal and write things down and see where your limiting beliefs are. Um, Oh, I know what it is. Her mother went through cancer and her husband asked her, she was about to go back to law school and her husband asked her, um, she didn't want to go. And he's like, if you could pick one thing to do for your life in your life and be happy, what would it be? And she looked at him and said, a wedding photographer. And he's like, uh, what? (laughs) I didn't see that coming. (laughs) Um, and that was the beginning of her story, but that's, so that's what you should journal about. Be like, if you could just be and do one thing in your life and be happy and like, get rid of the fears of like, what about money and how would, how would I get there? Just write it out and then see like where your limiting beliefs are. People will judge me is all those things. And I think that that's the beginning of finding those limiting beliefs and then turning it around of, um, just for, you know, one example with me, with, um, my, my job, people will judge you for working eight years for a degree and leaving to become a photographer. Or is it people will be inspired by me because I, I found the courage to leave that job and start my own business. Or I'm an amazing example to my children to show what it looks like to follow your dreams. Yeah. So that's a perfect example of turning a limiting belief around. (laughs) I think that's beautiful. It's just, oh, I love it. I love it. I love it. And I couldn't agree with you more on the journaling and the no filter journaling. And just writing down the stuff that you don't really want to put on pen and paper. Yeah. You're kind of... Stuff that makes you a little uneasy. (laughs) But you started and then where it takes you is... It's amazing. So that's yeah. kind of was a, been a huge part of my journey. Right. Yeah. That I journaled as a kid, or you know, dear diary. I used to write poems in high school. Like I, that was, but not realizing it at the time what it was doing for me. Yes. Yeah. And totally finding a whole new leap. So that's where we'll we'll conclude the interview. But tell us where we can find you, what you're doing now, and yeah. Okay. So, um ejoycephotography.com is my website and I'm really excited. I'll be, so with my photography journey, uh, and my counseling background, I've decided to extend my brand and offering the services of coaching women. So my big thing is, um, I have a podcast so people can hear this story. My podcast is called same boat huddle is that I went through a, a long journey of just massive anxiety, excuse me, and overwhelm in starting a business. Um, entrepreneurship is not all roses, <laughs> It's hard, hard work and it's kind of a rabbit hole, you know? So I found myself in in a very hard place that I've um, since found myself on the other side. So I have this strong passion and feel that it's my purpose 
to connect with people through photography and, um, and also through motherhood and knowing that it doesn't have to be so hard and you don't have to wait until you're 45 when the kids are out of the house (laughs) to feel good again. So a lot of my coaching stuff, since it's not on my site yet, uh, you can connect with me through my free Facebook group, which is called same boat huddle. Um, and then I'm also on Instagram at photog Aaron J. Um, so that's my feed is all my photography. And then my stories is where you'll see a lot more of my personal stuff and coaching stuff mixed in with photography stuff too. So I think that's probably the main places you can find me and there's other places in social media icons that you can click on and all that fun stuff. So, <laughs> which is awesome. Well, I will tell you, um, for the listeners that I will link everything up in the show notes for you. I, Erin has been the photographer for our family since our oldest was six months old. Oh my gosh. I know. It's started. so crazy. So, and then I also went through some of her coaching over the summer and just added basically more tools to my toolbox that have changed, yeah. especially as I became an entrepreneur into what I'm doing. So right. I will link everything up in the show notes and we'll share all your information. And cool. I think that's it. Awesome. Thank you, Erin. I appreciate you. it. You're welcome. Oh, I hope you enjoyed listening to that interview with Erin today. And please go ahead and follow her, join her Facebook group, Same Boat Huddle. All of those links, as we said, will be in the show notes for you. And don't forget uh, that the Stepping Up, Become Who You Are Meant to Be group coaching program is still open. And we're I'm so excited to get started on October 1st. We'll be together for four weeks. I'll be going through meditations and journaling prompts and helping you to discover your dreams and realities just as Erin and I did so that you can discover what they are and be open to them and to step through your limiting beliefs and your fears and to open yourself up to the life you've always wanted. So please don't shy away. Go ahead, check it out. Reach out to me if you have any questions. I'm more than happy to answer them for you to see if this is the right program for you. You can find all of that on my website at NikkiGingrich.com slash Stepping Up Program. Again, thank you so much for joining me today and I hope you have a wonderful day.